Lost in the Long Box is sponsored by Gateway Comics and Toys. Gateway is located at 2368 Plank Road in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Our website is gatewaycomicsandtoys.com where you can find more information about our store, including hours, new releases, and specials for the week. Our social media is under Gateway Comics and Toys as well, so you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Good evening and welcome to Lost in the Long Box for Wednesday, uh, October 7th. Madman, we have no headphones. You have nothing on your headphones? No. I'll be on it. Um, I don't know if you can hear us or not. Uh, Tommy, can you hear us? Give me a thumbs up. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? All right, good. So Tommy can hear us, so I'm I going to assume you. everybody out there can hear us. But yeah, we, we've got nothing on our, our headsets. Um, so, all right, uh, this is actually kind of weird now to be talking with without hearing myself. How was everyone's weekend slash week? I think it was good. Awesome. Uh, let's go ahead and just jump right into the news. It didn't seem to be a lot of noteworthy items uh, over the week. Uh, one that I actually took note of that I'm kind of interested in, Clay Mann has shown that there is a Catwoman redesign um, inspired by the Batman animated series show uh, that'll be coming with... Um, the Batman Catwoman number one in December. Oh, cool. Um, which reminded me, too, um, that that's actually a black label title, which I forgot about that. Didn't start as a black label title. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, they announced, I think, midsummer was it maybe, that it was going to be a black label title. Okay. So, stop that. Sorry, guys. My, my computer going to sleep again. You got your headphones down? <laughs> yes. Thank yeah, you, Madman. All right. So, anyway, I'm, uh, well, Lost in the Long Box, Wednesday, October 7th. I am your host, Randall. I have my co-host, Olivia. Enos. What's up, folks? And Tommy. And Madman working the boards. Tommy, do you not have a mic or? Can you not hear me? I, I can hear you guys. No, there you go. You're, just, you're on a delay, apparently. Okay. Because for a moment, all we saw was Stone Tommy. All right. <laughs> That's Stone Cold Tommy. All right. Uh, so, anyway, that was my news item, redesign of Catwoman at Clayman uh, Teased. I don't remember reading if it was just a... Um, a one-off deal or if it's going to be the rest of the series or if it's going to bleed in continuity because I think the thing that um, DC's doing with the Black Label books so far is they seem to not actually tie into continuity, um, which I'm not a fan if that's going to be the case because it's supposed to be the end of what Tom King's run was supposed to have been, right? It's supposed to be. Yeah, so far they've just been mini-series. I know they are going to extend them um and they have a couple different titles. I'm actually going to talk about one later that's coming up in November. But um, I think Catwoman's supposed to be either a four or a twelve issue series, from what I remember. Hmm. So, all right, Enos, uh, what do you got for news? Well, I'm probably going to be basically giving something. Probably a lot of a lot of people have heard. Um, the Batman has been pushed back yet again. It was announced on Monday that the um, Batman film featuring Robert Sparkles Patterson 
uh, Pattinson is going to be has been pushed back from October the 1st of 2021 to March 4th of 2022. Uh, a lot of COVID has really wreaked, wreaked havoc on the movie industry and with a lot of folks coming down with Pattinson himself uh, who tested positive for this. Uh, so everything is being pushed back to like uh, the first part of next year. And Shazam is being, uh, if I read this correctly, Shazam has been pushed back to 2023. And they, oh. and uh, no. and I um, believe Black Adam has not even been mentioned. It's been removed from the uh, it's, it's from schedule. Right. It's been removed from the schedule. So God only knows when that's going to be. Well, and I saw that Black Widow has been pushed back to the same release date as it would have been this year for 2021. Right, right. So, okay. And then, of course, Wonder Woman got pushed back to Christmas. Um, Christmas um, and I predict that's going to get pushed back to 2021 also. Exactly. Um, I'm looking for it. Right, long haul, people. So what can I say? Uh, Tommy, what's your news item? First off, I want to say Enos for sending me this shirt. Love it, absolutely love it. You're welcome, Jackson buddy. Blood actor, very underrated character. Not only is he a vampire, he is a Nazi. Can't get any better than that. Okay. Um, Valiant Comics is relaunching their series, The Harbinger, um, coming out, come back this summer. That was one of their their flagship titles from the uh, from the '90s. So it looks like they're bringing it back. Um, I'm not overly familiar with the book. I did in the beginning, so I don't really know what it's all, what everything that it's all about, but. It's probably it's pretty cool bringing back one of their you know initial titles that they weren't uh, weren't doing any longer. It was their version of X Men, basically. Basically, okay. I kind of figured as much, but I, like I said, I, I didn't really know much. Here's here's the problem though, and guys like me who remember the original '90s Valiant series, um, nothing that they've released since their relaunches have just lived up to the the original series. So I I hope I it does well. I know when I announced it to to you guys that this would be my news item tonight, you weren't particularly uh, particularly impressed. So, yes, Madman comments yes. are working. I, I had to figure it out. I had to figure it out. Sorry, that's not not a problem. That's because you are the man. <laughs> All right, uh, and I I left Olivia last on news items because I know she's got a bunch. Um, but did did you guys have other news items other than the ones that you mentioned? Because I thought no. one of you had two. Okay. No, I was gonna. Bring up the Black Adam, but um, then Enos did. So that's that's what I have. Yeah, well, actually, I do have one. It's, Tramping all over each other's news. All yeah. right. Um, yesterday, um, we lost uh, Johnny Nash, who uh, who uh, was most famous for the song I Can See Clearly Now, which I think was even written by Bob Marley or Jimmy Cliff. I can't remember which. But the reason why I'm mentioning him, there was, Randy, you probably you would remember this, there was an animated series called The Mighty Hercules mm -hmm. that came out during the early, mid to early 60s and ran in syndication during the 70s. Mr. Nash was the gentleman that sang the theme song. And I thought he would bear, would bear mentioning the day um, he, was, he, um, he was 80 years old Great singer, great gentleman, and a fine actor as well. He will be truly missed. And oh yes, but and also Eddie Van Halen, we lost him yesterday too. Did not want to forget, but he was great with um, one of the greatest guitarists, arguably one of the greatest guitarists ever lived. I and I was about to say, uh, Mr. Nash would be number two because you know the whole they go in threes. Yeah. Um, but do you know um, Eddie Van Halen 
who he almost uh, went to play for um, after, out of Van Halen. When H. Freely left Kiss. Oh, wow. He was talking to Gene Simmons, and Gene was like, you're already too well known. <laughs> wow. Now, that would have been something to see. I would have, yeah. I would have paid money to go see that. Right. What would Eddie Van Halen's Kiss character be? Exactly. What would he be named? Uh, who knows? Who, it, 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 it would be something we'd never see again. Fire, be, Fire Lord or something, something like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> something this, it, well, you guarantee me something we'd never see again. That'd be for sure. Not, not to mention the blazing guitar work that Kiss would now be able to pull off if they'd have had him. Oh, actually, wow. have an actually talented member in the band. Right, yeah. because... Right. Well, <laughs> you, you, have, you know, you can say that as much as you want, but if you ever listen to what Gene has said or like read any of his biographies or what have you, he's even gave Paul Stanley credit. And he goes, after all the years, he goes, I went into movies and I did other product and, and marketing, what have you. He goes, Paul was always about the music. Um, and there's right. many times that that band was kept alive just through Paul's efforts. So. Right. Anywho, um, so that was our new, oh no, wait a minute. Damn it, Olivia, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're fine. I'll just run through mine quickly. Um, it was a really big week for new releases. You have the Walking Dead Deluxe, which is basically the entire series is going to be reprinted in color. So if you want to start from scratch and start collecting them again, it's a good time to do it. Um, Batman 100 is a big key issue. I'm not going to spoil it at all, but he gets a pretty cool costume change, I will say that. And then Amazing Spider-Man, um, it's billed as issue 49, but it's actually issue 840. Or, I'm sorry, 850. Now, hang on a second. Did they do the thing that they were doing for a while where they had both the numbers on it, remember? Yeah, so it says, okay. like, Legacy 850 right. in the corner mm. along with 49. Because the Legacy number thing, didn't that disappear for a couple of years? I don't seem to remember that being on there. Yeah. Uh, you know what they did that because they wanted to push that it was issue 850. So Right. Well, and they put it on some of them, but not all of them. So it's kind of confusing how they right. did it. Um, and do you, ha you have some other news items? I think you had some stuff that you... Uh, Wanted to point out, or was that it? So Spawn 311, um, cover B. It's going to be a commemorative issue tribute to Chadwick Boseman. Um, Todd McFarlane it did a special cover for it. Um, that's going to be a huge book for a lot of reasons, but it was just really moving. I don't right. have the statement in front of me, but if you go on the website, um, he did a pretty nice tribute already to him. So I definitely recommend checking that out. Cool. And also, and Randy, if I may add some good news, um, Speaking of Chadwick Boseman, his wife is expecting. Oh, good. So that's it. it um, well, it's good news, but it's kind of bittersweet right. because that kid is going to grow up without one awesome guy as a dad. And um, congratulations to her in regard to that. Yeah, both both good news, but bittersweet. Bittersweet. Right? Yeah. So let's go to the show and tell. Um, we have a um, comic cam near Madman. The first one here uh, is actually me showing off my Bruce Tim Spider-Man cover of issue 49. Um, the reason I brought this in is A, because it's just gorgeous, but also Bruce Tim is not known for doing art for Marvel. He is the DC guy, you know, the, the whole Batman anime series and the Superman anime series and Justice League are all basically his creations is what I pretty much want to say because he brought them to life. So... Um, the fact that he did a Spider-Man cover when I saw this first solicited, I'm like, I have to get it because he just doesn't do Marvel, you know? Right. All right, moving right along. So for a show and tell, Enos brought in FF number 285. Uh, and I love, or I'm sorry, yeah, 285. I love that it's She-Hulk too. 
um, because she is one what I consider one of our underrated characters. The significance of that issue is has has a little bit of iron, bitter irony to it. This was the issue where Johnny was contemplating giving up being the Human Torch after a young fan set themselves on fire and died as a result of their burns trying to emulate him. Now, the reason why I said that this is an Emulate, issue, not emulate. Well, well emulate. <laughs> uh, hey. Little column A, little column B. Hey, hey. hey. Um, but um, the where the bitter irony comes in, in 1978, NBC um, did an updated Fantastic Four cartoon with the uh, was my, one of my favorite characters, and I'm being sarcastic, folks. Herbie the robot. The reason why they in, they brought in Herbie is because they did not want kids thinking it was cool that uh, to set themselves on fire. To try to em- to emulate the Human Torch. That is a lie. Johnny Storm was out of town the day they had to sign the contracts. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who read FF, you know that joke. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but that was the reason why. Back one of the things about growing up during the seventies, the early part, great cartoons. You saw them fight and everything. They didn't hold nothing back. But as the seventies ended, everybody got PC. Everything got watered down, and everybody was afraid of everything. Which, which truthfully, parents should just tell the kids, you don't do that. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's actually. uh, I forgot that that he does. Consider quitting the FF. I just love the fact that it's the Burn run, and yeah. She-Hulk was she a Hulk prominent member it. at that time. And I just love the fact that Burn gave his being Burn gave his commentary on it. Right. So next up, Madman has brought in Nightwing number eighty-two. I was I got to tell you, I was always a fan of Dick Grayson as Nightwing. Absolutely. Um, Why well, brought it in? He was. Uh, I always liked Nightwing. I think he was. Uh, when we talk about under you know underrated characters, I think. Oh, most I, definitely. I to say oh, yeah. about him. Oh, yeah. We'll oh, get yeah. to him. Um, I really loved when they went with the blue and the black um, costume over that. That horrible that 70s that, one. Even yeah. though the the great George Perez created that, I'm like, George, man, that, that's kind of like really garish. You know? Yeah, too much disco. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was disco era. So, yeah. um, And then I brought in. Now, I was not going to pick this book up. Uh, I just wasn't a big fan of, of this iteration of She-Hulk, but the cover on it was beautiful. Immortal She-Hulk number one, the KRS Comics variant cover. And I really love this because if you guys um, collected She-Hulk, that is an homage to the original number one cover of like the 1978-79 series. Um, it's got a glare from hell on it too, boy. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> right right, like, right yeah, across. It's got that different bag on it though. Yeah. yeah. So... But it's pretty much the exact same pose as the the '79 cover, um, even to the point of the uh, number one collector's item issue in the corner there, just right. like and uh, the little blurb over here. She Hulk lives. Tommy, I'm gonna let you go next on show and tell because Olivia smoked us all again. <laughs> all right. Well, I think Matt and this one off before, if I'm not mistaken, but it goes with another theme, so I decided to go ahead and use it. Is Booster Gold number one? The first appearance of Booster Gold. I bought this off of your dad, Olivia, for $2.99 back in the day. Oh, there you go. Cool. Yep. But yeah. Yeah. It's currently worth $3.99. (laughs) 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 All right. So 
sometimes I, I really love you, and sometimes I really hate you. I know. Um, oh, I didn't tell you what she did to me like two weeks ago. <laughs> I walked into the store. You know how she greets me? It's not hello or it's not hey. It's, <laughs> do you want to see some nice books that'll make you cry? I'm like, that's not how you greet me. <laughs> and then start showing me all these CDC graders. I'm like, that's just not right. Signed. Signed CDC. <laughs> Signed CDC. She, she, she's sitting here with that smile on her <laughs> face right. like, like, like the Reverend Ed has. Whenever he said, I got something to show you. Hey, right. check this out. Well, I did go back like two days later and get like the Teen Titans number two, um, yeah. 8.5 signed by Marv Wolfman. But like, you want to see something that's going to make you cry? I'm like, Olivia. So how come <laughs> we're signed by Tom King? That was, that was one of the cool parts. <laughs> really? Now you're going to start digging at me yeah, on Tom absolutely. King? Okay. <laughs> so for show and tell, this is going to hurt Tommy too. And this is one of our underrated characters. Marvel Bunny number 14, Hoppy the Marvel Bunny. There you go. Look at that. Wow. Oh, look at that. Looks good. That is one of those awesome underrated characters um, that was, uh, I think, almost just as popular as Captain Marvel himself back in the day. Mm-hmm. Who was Bunny. Gotta love it. Yep. Who was out selling uh, Superman. I was telling Olivia before the show, on my Facebook, I had several pictures in my gallery of Hoppy Bunny here. And whenever it's anyone's birthday, I go to their Facebook and I don't post happy birthday. I, I just post Hoppy Bunny and then I give them a picture of Hoppy Bunny. Mm. <laughs> so, And they get they get the reference. All right. So as you can tell, some of our covers um, tied directly to tonight's subject, which is those underrated characters, the characters that are Really awesome, um, really cool, probably ultra-powerful. You just don't realize that they are. Um, so I'm going to actually start with Olivia here since she brought in the winning cover to this week. All right. Um, this was a really hard one to go through because there's so many that you want to talk about and you want to give credit to. Um, there's Stay a close lot... to that microphone, Olivia. Okay. There's a lot that we um, – I think we recognize the names and everything, but we just don't – see them enough in books or give them enough credit and what we do feature them in. So the biggest one that I was going to point out was Aquaman. Oh, um, yes. Yes, Jason Momoa did a great portrayal of him in the movies. He was in the Justice League movie. He's a major character in the lineup, but he's always going to be known as a superhero that can just talk to fish. And wasn't I think they'd even done that joke in the comics. It's like, they talk to fish, they say. <laughs> well, and in the Justice League movie and, yeah, all the things. I mean, I think people don't understand, too, how physically strong he is, too. Mm-hmm. You know, he, right. he, he rivals Superman when it comes to, to physical strength because, you know, living in the ocean, he has to be. Right. And, and, I, and I think they, uh, they really drive that point home in the Justice League cartoon. Um, when he shows up, it's our introduction to Aquaman in that cartoon. When he shows up on land, and he just starts pummeling them all, and they're like, "How is he so strong?" And they're like, "He lives in the depth of the ocean." <laughs> but but you have to admit, some of the making fun of, of Aquaman is is it's kind of funny though. He's underrated, you know, like the the meme where it says, "You know, Superman flies, Wonder Woman flies, and Aquaman flies." So you know. And shows him in the sitting in the plane and, you know, economy class and everything like that. That's, you know, it's kind of funny making fun of him. <laughs> well, one of the things, the, the best thing that ever happened to Aquaman, we've discussed this before, 
uh, was the new 52. If any, if there was a character that benefited from that reboot, it was Aquaman, and they have not looked back. And um, that reboot enabled him to be taken seriously, and it was the first issue where they got all of the poking of, of the fun, all the cliches and everything about him out of the way, and then Jeff Johns was like, okay, we've gotten that taken care of. Let's show him. Let's show y'all what he can do. And people have jumped on, and they've continued to move forward. And it's just great. And like I love the fact that Jason Momoa was a combination of the old school Aquaman and the Aquaman from the Peter David run, which was arguably one of the best runs on that title. With what they did, and I'm sorry that I'm, I'm glad that they when they brought him back, he still has both hands. I really wasn't a fan of the harpoon or the hook, what have you, because it was kind of like, okay, most of, and, and I didn't, they did that when you knew that the Atlanteans could regenerate. Right. So, so that kind of like defeated the purpose, but nevertheless, it gave Aquaman, it was a good move because it gave Aquaman an edge, and that was one of the um, foundations that led to him being taken seriously. But if you want to be, uh, want to blame anybody for uh, messing up that character, or for being for the character being made a mockery, blame Hanna Barbera for their for Super Friends. Right, and you know what though? Even though you hated the, the harpoon hand, you have to admit that was an awesome panel when Ocean Master stuck his hand in the sea of piranhas, and you're just like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So while so since you uh, took the reins on Aquaman, what's your underrated character? Give me one. My underrated character is one of my all-time favorites. Hawkman. Okay. I was going to pull Hawkman, but I knew you would. (laughs) (laughs) I like Hawkman because of the fact that he is the, the true warrior. When he shows up, he's ready to fight. And even though you what what he may show up with may make him underrated, his fierceness is what is is a really what makes him a force to be reckoned with. And um, the fact that he's an underrated character is that he just he stands the test of time. And um, I'm very you know we spoke last week in in regard to the controversy with the Aldis. Aldous Hodge casting, but I mean it was appropriate because he's going back to his roots, and um, I'm dying to see what they're going to do. But now with the um, with them stating that Black Adam has been pulled from the list, who knows when we're going to see this? I know, I know. But uh, um, one of my, the Jeff Johns run after he returned in 2001 after JSA. And um, there was a um, four-issue miniseries that is very underrated, which captured the essence of the character, the Shadow War of Hawkman, that came out in 1985. And um, But there's also another run where um, back in the early 90s, when Jan Dersima, who was the wife of Tom, former Batman or Batman Inspector artist Tom Mandrake, and had she had a title back during the Crisis era called Arion, Lord of Atlantis. Um, I remember she, that book? Yeah, she took the reins of uh, the art reins on Hawkman, and had the Thanagar- had everyone thinking that um, this was a completely different Hawkman, but it was Katar Hall. He just had an edge to him. 
and the art on that was beautiful. She didn't stay on the book, but it was fantastic. I remember when that book came out, um, and you found out that you know Lord of Atlantis. Immediately, everybody's like, "Okay, but what about you know Aquaman and right. King Arthur and all that Atlantis? How are you going to resolve that conflict?" Right, exactly. And, and I think there actually is a storyline of a war between the two of them, right? Right, and also when they did um, tried to update um, Power Girl's origin. It came. They made it, her Atlantean. It, it, yeah. yeah, they made her Atlantean, and that Arion was her grandfather. Right. That's about the same time that they screwed up with Crisis, and then had yeah. her flying around Skatarus with the World Lord. I'm like, okay, yeah, now exactly. You... It was a dark time in our comic history. Yeah, it was. Uh, yep. uh, we tried to wipe that from our memories. <laughs> Tommy, uh, underrated. Booster Gold. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, <laughs> I showed off the comic because I was, was going to be talking about him. So Michael Carter first appeared in the uh, book I showed you, Booster Cold Number One. He was born in the 25th century and was a star quarterback at Gotham University until he threw a football game and got caught. He ended up having night watchmen at a, a, one of the museums, and he took some some tech and came past to be a superhero. He becomes a corporate shill, you know, always up for the Booster Gold brand becomes best friends board and later goes on to become a full-fledged hero 52 maxi series where he starts making you know taking care of the time stream we find the father to uh to rip hunter time master he's just to me it was just a great story of you know falling and, and coming back up to be a really a really great hero jeff johns did wonders with this character he, he did the uh the pre-52 um version of him and we just really need more booster we just do he's a great character he's funny he's got a good backstory we just we need more of him well well when it comes to uh booster gold um i think he has the luxury of being born in a, like the modern era you know and in the modern era you know um all the classic characters you know they were pretty vanilla when they first came out right you know but because booster gold was born in the modern era that allowed him to be created as a uh, uh, like an immoral person at yeah. first, and then and then who becomes a hero, and that's the hero's journey of right. any of any good right. literature. And so I think that because um he was he had the luxury of being born in the modern era, um, uh, you don't have to retcon his past, right? And right. so when it comes to like Batman, you know, uh, Batman, you kind of have to retcon his past to make him a little bit darker, you know, and so forth. But and you know, like you said, you don't, you don't have to do that with Booster. He starts out as as you know moral character that's just out for himself and then he later becomes a bona fide hero yeah it's like it's kind of like um that show my name is earl you know <laughs> booster yeah. gold is oh, like that show yeah because yeah. all those characters start off pretty skanky but that's right? what i mean they're, yeah. they're they're horrible people but they want to do good and right. so and and you know and and this is a this is a great would be a great movie in the main i mean advertisers would it be an advertiser's dream because Absolutely. the amount of product placement. Oh yeah, because he had oh, yeah. that that one suit. That, he had had all the uh, the, the product yeah. placement stickers. It'd, it'd be worse than Superman too. <laughs> yeah, so, just, you know, get it out there to the. <laughs> Forgot about yeah, it. The big Marlboro truck. Yeah, big yeah. Marlboro truck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta I gotta tell you, so why couldn't it have been like a Coke truck or something? Why did it have to be a big Marlboro That's truck? Because they paid for the advertising. <laughs> yeah. That's why. All right. Um, he also too. Um, is very instrumental in a lot of stories, like um, in the whole Heroes in Crisis. He actually knows what happened with 
Wally and the whole accident, and but yet he's like, you know, I can't really say anything, you know, because this has to play out type of deal. Right. Um, so one that I have, I tell you what, I, I pulled some really good ones here, um, but one that I've kind of always been a fan of um, is Doctor Solar, Man of the Atom. Oh. Um, and and here's why, because the 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 two versions of this. First off, you have the one from Gold Key back in like the sixties and the seventies. Um, and, and it's funny because his name was actually Dr. Raymond Solar in that series, right? Um, and he has basically like the Incredible Hulk Rick Jones origin because he's out in the field in Adam Valley when they're doing a, an atomic bomb detonation and he doesn't get out of the way in time. I'm like, wow, okay, let's just go ahead and steal that thing. <laughs> but he gets converted to like pure energy. So there's like a, a little bit of a Dr. Manhattan, but he predates Dr. Manhattan. Yep, big um, time. Uh, and he gets hurled into space, and his consciousness, you know, basically he survives, so he has to, like, recreate his body. Um, but then um, they do this really weird thing that he keeps his powers running by doing things like walking into atomic plants or, or eating cobalt pills. I'm like, wow, okay, that's okay. kind of really weird. Or, like, drinking test tubes of these, you know, radioactive isotopes. Okay. So, oh, yeah. It's, it's gold key characters, while they were very unique, were also just kind of really out there. Yeah. Uh, but he was really powerful, but it's not until that he ends up over at Valiant and yeah. Jim Shooter brings him in that this character just really goes off the map as far as how powerful he is because then they change the name. His name becomes Dr. Phil Seleski. Um, so they get rid of the, the whole Dr. Solar actual uh, name, um, but the same type of deal. He gets involved in an accident while testing a fusion reactor that he gets stuck in. So again, we've got that whole Dr. Manhattan thing going on, which still dates uh, Watchmen, I think, doesn't it? Oh, well, no. By the time no, Watchmen had come up by the time, by the time they redid that. Right. Um, but what's really great, so he jumps in the reactor himself to try and stop it. So we're still getting that whole accidental exposure. Um, gets turned into the being of pure energy again. But this time he doesn't have to do all that weird stuff to maintain it. He just truly is the whole Dr. Manhattan. In fact, he makes his uniform um, and his visor is actually to protect himself because of his energy. But what I didn't realize, and I should have noticed because I was a huge fan uh, of the Valiant series, we get three versions of him in the Valiant run. Mm. Um, so there was the first series from like issues one through 47, um, and then he ends up destroying himself to save that world, and then gets recreated in the Bloodlines and the Deathmate storyline that was still Valiant just before, just after a claim bought them. Right. Um, but what's really great is when you look at the powers this guy has, um, so first off, he had energy manipulation, which is pretty big. Uh, Technopathy. What is techno technopathy? I'm assuming just controlling technology. Or right? understanding. Pathy means to understand. Right. Or, so. um, and, and that would make sense because I do believe there are several times when he's been able to go to a machine and just look at it and be able to absorb the knowledge of what it's doing. Yeah. Um, enhanced durability. They might as well just say, you know, that he's invulnerable. But like healing and regeneration, he's got flight, light speed travel. Um, he's actually been known to close a black hole, which is what he does, I believe, in the okay. Deathmate storyline, which is how one of his uh, virgins dies. Yeah, right. That's OP. <laughs> right. Uh, holograms, super strength phasing, um, longevity. They admit that he's long lived. Um, not to mention the fact that the character recreates himself the, the previous two times he gets destroyed in the Valiant universe. Um, but it's kind of funny because so many people didn't read that Valiant series. You know, that was kind of like, the Valiant was like a niche market back in the 90s. Yeah, it was very, uh, yeah, very niche. 
I mean, you were still Marvel, DC, or Image, um, never realizing that this guy is really powerful. Like, um, I think um, if he actually came into the DC universe, he might give Superman a hard time. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's why he was pretty much a centerpiece for Valiant for a while. It's like a lot of storylines kind of surrounded him. Right. Well, remember, there's that really great um, black cover, like issue 10, where he is destroyed, I think, Pittsburgh in that series through his powers, and it has to, and it basically has to recreate his own universe. Mm. Um, so if you can find those in trade, man, the, the Valiant run on Solar is just awesome. Who's your next underrated? Um, so Zatanna. Oh. Um, kind of out there a little bit, but here's the thing. She is very powerful. She's not your typical superhero because she deals with magic and everything. But when you look at like Wonder Woman and Superman and Batman and everybody, they're all vulnerable to one thing in common. Even magic, Wonder Woman, and it's magic. So if she's in a battle, Zatanna, um, her biggest asset is that she can, you know, use spells and everything against the bad guys. And that's not something that you really have in another character. Yes, Doctor Strange in the Marvel world, something like that. But in the DC universe, she's really the only one that's on that same level. I would love to see her go against Doctor Strange because she would whip his ass. Oh, yeah. There's two great um, Zantana moments. One is in the comics and one is in um, the Justice League animated show. Look, I'm going to ruin that show for you again. (laughs) You're fine. Um, In the comics is in Identity Crisis. Okay. When they're wiping the memories and they <laughs> yeah. leave and Batman shows up and she does her reverse spell and she's like, you know, Batman freeze type of thing, just as she was erasing Dr. Light's memory. And like, what, we can do that? And like, oh, yeah, I, c- I could do that. And you're thinking, oh, wow. So then they have Batman frozen and they're like, okay, now what are we going to do? He's sure as hell going to tell the rest of the guys, Absolutely. right? And it gigs up. Um, so she's like, I'll just wipe his memory too. And at that moment, you're thinking, Oh man, she has got power. She just told him, "I'll wipe Batman's memory also too, and we'll mm-hmm. just keep this secret." Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, that shows you that not only is just magic, but it's almost um, reality altering as mm-hmm. well. Um, and then the really great moment in the Justice League cartoon is uh, this little pig, <laughs> where Cersei gets out and she turns Wonder Woman into a pig. Right? Okay. Um, and the Buana Beast and Batman takes takes it to Zantana, who's trying all these different spells on it, and you know just how powerful she is because she's like, well, I don't know what kind of magic Cersei's using here, but I can't get around it. And you're thinking, she's on a level of Cersei that Batman takes, you know, Wonder Pig to it. Um, so, so, hey, can you reverse this? Um, and she's like, well, I've tried every spell I know, and whatever Cersei's done, it's good. This is a, it's, it's a nice lock. And then I won't tell you how it ends, uh, but you'll love it. <laughs> I'll have to go home and watch it. <laughs> I think the episode is called, it's called This Little Pig. This little, yeah, This Little Pig. <laughs> and it's so great, especially the scene when the pig runs into the slaughterhouse, and the only way oh. you can tell it's her is because it's got her bracelets got, yeah, on. Yeah, pi- when legs. she's turned into a pig, <laughs> she has her silver bracelets on, so you know it's her. Okay. Right, yeah. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Madman remembers it now, don't you? No. <laughs> I just think the whole concept sounds really silly. Oh, it's really good. It's actually a really great it, episode. It, it, because it, as stupid as it sounds, it was one of the best episodes on, on during the first season of Justice League Unlimited. Well, what's great is they're doing a stakeout. Batman and Wonder Woman are doing a stakeout on top of this roof across from the nightclub. And uh, 
she's talking about, don't you wish you were down there? Like, I'm down there as much as I need. Like, but don't you wish that you were dating and you had, you know, that you went out with someone that you had more than this? Because in the in the TV sh- and Justice League cartoon, Wonder Woman has actually got the hots for Batman, she's not Wonder Woman. Which makes not, sense for Batman, which makes sense. But what's funny is as soon as he says it, he's like, one, Jaden within your team never works. Look at John and uh, you Hulk know, Hot girl. And he goes, number two, he goes, you're an Amazonian princess, and I'm a kid with issues. Lots of issues. <laughs> and number three, I can never be sure that you would be safe. My enemies would all be trying to get at you, you know, get at me through you. And then she grabs the corner of the building and crushes it. And she goes, what else she got? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Um, Enos. I have two. And the reason why I'm saying I'm giving these two is because they were among the first. Jay Garrick and Alan Scott, the original for the Golden Age Flash and the Golden Age Green Lantern. I I say that they're underrated because people do not take into consideration how big their creations were. And these guys are practically, as far as comic book characters go, the elder statesmen of the DC Universe. And even though they did this big-time controversy with um, Earth 2 and what they did with the update of Alan Scott, which to me shouldn't have been done. It should have been another completely different person because that just created a whole lot of confusion. But those guys, to me, were underrated not only just because of the fact that they're a lot more powerful than, than a lot of people give them credit for, but these guys were the standard bearers for all of the DC Universe, for all the superheroes of the DC Universe. And I love how they are written to where the um, those who came behind them have that great respect for them. Well, the big, big key for them was, <clears throat> and so many people don't take this into account when you look back at them, they wanted to do a team book without Superman and Batman because right. they were already in too much stuff to begin with. Right. So they take those roles in Justice Society. Right, exactly. And and, and they do stand, even though as, as time went on in All-Star, they did bring in Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman. They deliberately left those three in the background while there were other characters like Johnny Thunder and the Thunderbolt, the Golden Age Adam, um, Hawkman, Hawk Girl, um, the original Red Tornado, my uncle, the lady with the pot over her head, and um, I thought that was Forbush Man. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and uh, there was other characters as well. So you got the chance to see other characters shine with the main characters still in the mix, but not as in the spotlight or forefront as these guys were. Not not to mention, too, when DC decided it was time to revamp some of their heroes and kick off the Silver Age, of course, they didn't know that's what they were doing. Right. Um, the ones they do it with are Flash and Green, Green Lantern. Lantern. Exactly. Madman, you got another? You got one for me? Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> As I brought in the Nightwing comic, I mean, I'm going to say it's Nightwing. Pretty pretty underrated, if you ask me. Um, and and here's the thing: is a, Batman is probably one of the most popular characters that exists when it comes to comic books. Right. And so, um, what I and I love everything about Batman, like whether it's Batman or the Bat Family. You know, it's you know, it's Oracle, it's it's uh, it's Batgirl, it's Robin, it's Nightwing, it's it's the team. Do you, you know, even like Batmite? 
Uh, not, <laughs> not really. It gets a little too carn. It gets a little too Flintstones on me. But uh, uh, what I like about Nightwing is that even though he experiences tragedy of his parents dying, just like Bruce did, he is clearly far more mentally uh, stable stable <laughs> than Bruce Wayne. <laughs> and I think that, that it's obvious because, you know, Nightwing at some certain point, you know, number one, he wanted to grow up and, you know, get out of the house. It's like, why are we playing with all these toys? You know, <laughs> so uh, he wanted to become his own man and own hero in his own in his own reg- in that regard. And he just he wasn't. Even though he experienced this tragedy, it's not like he woke up in the middle of the night all the time seeing his parents dying in front of his eyes. Right. You know, Batman clearly, clearly needs to, some medication, you know, and Dick is the kind of guy who can, you know, who weather a storm like that. And I think that with you making mention of that, Madman, I think that's why um, we've seen it in the comics and he won't admit to it, but I think that's why Bruce leans on him absolutely because he gives him that degree of normalcy yeah that he's trying that he sacrificed yeah. by becoming Batman but having dick <laughs> around enables him to have that absolutely because, because I think one of um if if you've ever seen Batman under the red hood if they ever do a sequel to that or or, or get those actors DC if somehow if this gets to you Please do another direct-to-DVD Batman feature and bring back Bruce Greenwood, Neil Patrick Harris, and Jensen Ackles um, as Batman Robin, uh, Batman Nightwing in the Red Hood, and um, Damien, but but no, no, bring Tim Drake. We need to see Tim Drake. Absolutely. And I love the I love the chemistry with. Um, Bruce Greenwood and Neil Patrick Harris's um, Batman Nightwing when um, they go back to the Batcave after they tear up a mazo and they're trying to deduce who the Red Hood is. So they, they got a make on him. And Robin, I mean, I mean, sorry, Dick is drinking his coffee and Batman is in the car. He said, can't you just say, get in the car? I mean, is that so hard? Absolutely. I love that because, because that's what, that's what quote unquote, normal, what normal, a normal person would say. Absolutely. And, and that's why I believe that that's how Batman does not go that, because we all know he's about this close. Oh, yeah. Right. From going he's over the edge. He's about this close from he's, going over the edge. Well, there's two great um, Nightwing Dick Grayson moments in the comics, too. Um, one of them is, I want to say, it's when um, Batman, Bruce Wayne, has disappeared by Dark Side's Omega Beams, and he's in the past, and now you have right. the whole battle for the cow, and Dick Grayson has taken on the role of Batman. Right. Um, and there's a great scene where he's on the roof talking to Commissioner Gordon, and Commissioner Gordon goes, you're not him. He's like... You, it says you may be wearing a costume, yep. was, but you have a you know a, a lighter a quality person. in your voice, and yeah. you don't see everything as grim and as dark as he did. And he goes, "You're Robin, aren't you? Or you used to be Robin?" Um, he goes, "But I just know you're not the Batman I know." Exactly. And he even makes a comment about you know, I wish he could have gotten to the stage. I kind of like it. Yeah. The other one is a really great scene, and I think in the first Nightwing run, and you find out that just because he was. Bruce Wayne's ward, he didn't assume that meant he had access to the money also. Because remember, he goes to Bloodhaven, he sets up there, and he's talking to Bruce one day about, you know, I don't have access to a lot of materials, you know, in the crime lab that you do, so it gets a little bit harder. And then right. Bruce is like, just get some money out of your trust fund. 
And yeah. he's like, what? Well, I have a trust fund? Yeah. And he's like, what? And he goes, well, who do you think is an heir to the Wayne fortune? Right, exactly. <laughs> and then there's this great scene where he goes to take out money, and the cashier comes back with this big smile on his face. and like, yes, Mr. Grayson, how can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, there, one more thing I want to say about this. In, in comparison to Batman, all right, I love Batman, don't get me wrong, but when it comes to Batman, it's like he is, you know, he's dark, he's brooding, he's obsessive. And in many ways, that's kind of my flaws. Like, Batman's flaws are my flaws. As a person who struggled with depression myself, you know, it's like I can see that that's not the kind of behavior or the thinking that I should, you know, uh, adapt for myself. Right. I should more emulate more uh, Dick Grayson, the smart mouth kid that's making jokes in the middle of a fight, you know? Because right. even though he was a kid and he just saw his parents dead, he still put on a red and yellow costume with his bare legs exposed, you know, cre- uh, skeeving all the villains out. And uh, and making jokes at the same time It's like is, he was able to bounce back from that and not like dwell on the on the painful things in his life. Which is kind of why Chris O'Donnell was a good well, choice for Robin yes, because he, he, was. he brought that in. Except doing your laundry weird does not mean you can do martial arts. Right. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, oh well, we, we we still have a Tommy. You got a an underrated character? Yeah, I always felt that Storm was a very underrated character. Yes, she is. Um, yes, underappreciated. Yeah, I. Al- update her enough you know she first appeared in size x-men number one and you know some of the unique qualities with her is she's a female character that's not tied to any matter her powers are unique she didn't get them from a from a blood transfusion or you know from being a a cousin to a you know to an alien or you know emulate like batgirl and the male hero they're they're her powers you know they're completely her and she became leader of the x-men she she earned her respect on her own you know, I, I just, I don't feel people look at her like, you know, she's the, the big deal that she actually is. Right. Uh, well, here's the thing, too. She controls weather, and a lot of people right. put that right up there with the, oh, you talk to fish. Yeah, okay, you control weather. Do you know how much I can mess up your world with weather? Yeah, any, yeah. any yeah. hurricane. Up a hurricane. Right. Exactly. Up a hurricane. And I'm going to go on record as to say this. Marvel, you made the biggest mistake of your life by annulling the marriage between Aurora and T'Challa. I'm still trying to figure out why they did that. I, I've got the books. I've read them. And today, to this day, I still don't know why the hell they did that. I mean, they, they, this was the other, this, them together was made them the major, among the major power couples in comics. And I mean literally power couples. Right. I mean, it's it's right up there with splitting up Spider-Man and Mary Jane. Yeah. What, what point are you serving? Well, that, was, that was the thing. No, no point was served. And they just did that and said, okay, he, he, you know what, and like it. And I'm like, okay, but but why? Well, it's, it's just like when we talked about um, when, when Dan Slott said, um, he could have done the Spider-Man stories when he took over with Spider-Man being married. And what Joe Cazada Joe still fails to see is that the books with Spider-Man being married were selling. Right. Well, I think I think the reason why they split up is that I heard, I heard, I can't val- validate this or anything. I heard that T'Challa leaves his wet towels on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> For some people, that's well, you a deal know what, breaker. Man? When you are the ruler of your own country, you have, you know, we like 20 that. servants following you around. You just get used to throwing shit down. Absolutely. It makes sense. Get <laughs> that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Do anything. All right. So I have one here. Um, 
And this is actually, uh, I had to stop and think about this one for a while. And I said, you know what? This, this definitely has to go on the list. Um, the Crow by James O'Barr. Ah. Um, because if you think about it, um, he has a really um, tragic origin. You know, he, you know he's brutally murdered. Um, but, and I'm talking about the first one, Eric Draven. There's very many iterations of The Crow as the series progresses. Um, but it's basically almost like the specter spirit of vengeance. It's like the spirit of the crow is like, you have unfinished business here. I'm not taking you until you resolve it. Okay. Um, the reasons are so powerful just as being alive right now, how many things have we left unresolved mm. or didn't end well? You're thinking, man, if I could just go back and fix that. Right. Um, this is, you know, someone dies and, you know, the spirit of the crow is saying, I know this, that, was not you know to your liking this is not how it should have ended you correct this before i you know pass you on um but then when you look at his powers as well i mean he's got enhanced physical abilities you saw that in the movie the stuff he could do i mean there was a lot of uh, parkour before that was actually a thing going on in that movie um uh vulnerability i mean basically he's indestructible but how many times does he get shot and get burned and get beat up um psychometry or is it psychometry whatever it is psychometry psychometry um he's got that empathy he's got clairvoyance and then he's got uh the big one the whole ventral purpose driving factor i mean the thing that's really great and why this character is so underrated is this is just a, a thin line between being a good guy or a bad guy right and i think even in some of the later iterations don't we actually get that line blurred a lot quite so, yeah, I, The Crow was one I thought just because, obviously, the movie did really good with um, Brandon Lee, Lee, and then later on, um, God, who, who played him after that in the remake, which was a later movie? I don't know, but I can't remember. Vincent Perez. Okay. And uh, Mark Descascos portrayed him on the TV series right. Crow Highway to Heaven. Or how, I think it was called. Um, but You're thinking I, of Michael Landon. No, no. <laughs> um, it was a crow highway to something. Um, he went on. Demarcus Caskels went on to play Wolfat on uh, the most recent Hawaii Five O series. Right. But the one, the, the one power that the psychometry that being able to get images off of a. Do you know how powerful that is? Absolutely. You pick it up and you hold it, and you just you know the history, you know the life story of who it belonged to, and you know immediately, you know why this is important. Yeah, the, my book that is available on Amazon for digital download called The Bunny Years, a memoir, uh, is about a character who has one of his powers is, is psychometry, where he can hold an item and uh, tell who the last owner was, where they are right now, uh, you know, any, any details about them, like their emotional state when they're holding it and stuff like that, or where they've been <clears throat> while, right. they, while they had that object in their possession. It's incredibly powerful. You know, it's, a, it's a, like a detective tool in many ways. Well, and this is the, the great thing about the crow because you're combining the inner vulnerability um, and the strength of Superman with the magical abilities of like Zatanna and Dr. Fate. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that is a huge combination. And it's just, I don't think this character was as well appreciated as it should be. Right. And the movie itself was well written. Right. My, one of my favorite parts of the film was when Eric visits Albrecht who was played by Ernie Hudson and he touches Ernie Hudson and he finds out that he spent stayed with Shelly up until she died Died, right and he takes a cigarette and he smokes it and he goes he said you know 
Shelly always liked the little things. I always used to think they were so trivial. Believe me, nothing is trivial. That, yeah. And I after he smokes re- that and he said, these will kill you. <laughs> yeah. I just rewatched that uh, a couple months ago and forgot what a great movie that yeah, is. Yeah, it was. Um, that scene and the one where he grabs the junkie and he's holding onto her arm. Yeah, and you, and and you see the heroin come yeah, back come out. out of her veins. And he's like telling her, I'm giving cool. you a chance to get your life together. That was kind of awesome. Yeah. Kind of shows like a different path his life could take. Yeah. Um, where, where am I at? Uh, I have a, Go a, for two, it. Take a couple it. honorable mentions. Um, Ant, uh, the Adam and Ant-Man. Uh, I think that they are somewhat like overlooked. You know, it seems like it's like every time some, some superhero needs surgery, you know, that's when his phone rings and he picks up the phone. It's like, oh, oh, you need me to go inside and do a, do a surgery? <laughs> oh, now you need Ant-Man? Now you need me? <laughs> you know, it just seems like, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do with that kind of power shrinking. But I think there was one comic book I saw where Ant-Man went into, was it, uh, who's the, the chick, Emma, Emma Frost, the, mm-hmm. who turns to Diamond? And he crawled up into a flaw in the diamond and like expanded in the flaw <laughs> and like it shattered her. And I think, you know, Every now and then, a character they may take some liberties with, you know, give them a little bit of a OP tweak. Every now and then, but still, if you can go that small and then expand, you know, that's that's kind of a miracle in itself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that uh, they've they've spoken about it. I think in the Ultimates about how, um, and they even touched upon it in the Avengers movies, where like um, when Ant Man grows, when he becomes Giant Man, it's like all of a sudden his stomach's empty. You know, the blood you know has to has to travel further up his brain. He gets dizzy and stuff like that. And <clears throat> so I think that that's it's it's kind of interesting when you uh, consider the biological a- applications. Like if he has a big meal and then shrinks, what happens? Does he blow oh, up yeah. in a ha- <laughs> uh, it's just a hamburger left? <laughs> oh, and then the same thing with the atom. Um, think about it. If you can shrink down to the subatomic level. And yeah. then you can jack with the molecules making something up right there, and then yeah. you come back up. Um, you could have just totally destroyed something um, from the inside, and people stand going, "What just happened?" That's, That's what I mean. Point. It's like you could, if, if depending on how small you can actually get, you can disrupt atoms and create an atomic explosion. Well, right. remember um, the whole miniseries um, "Sword of the Atom," and then the, the short-lived series after that, where Ray Palmer decides, "You know what? I'm done with this. I found another world way, way down in the subatomic level." Yep. I'm gonna go hang out there for a while. Yep. That's what I mean. So I mean, it could be it could be super like overpowered if you you know with the right writer. I think. Yeah. Yes. Um, and you know, and tagging onto that, another character who was extremely powerful and never has really ever gotten his um, proper treatment um, would be Molecule Man by Marvel. Yep. Mm. Sa- yeah. Same type of deal. And then we were talking about that in the Secret Wars. In Absolutely. Secret Wars too, Beyonder tells him you have so much more power than you're letting yourself experience. And he does this whole wave of the hand, and he's like, "You're right. I am a god." <laughs> and like, oh, I'll call you. This is not good, right? Yeah. Um, who's got another one? I have one. Someone that is a favorite, but gets no respect whatsoever, but is a great character. The Falcon. Oh yes. Okay. I love the Falcon because of the, and I'm so glad that somebody who was writing the um, movies for the Marvel Cinematic Universe showed the great chemistry and, but I know chemistry my foot, the uh, the great (laughs) friendship between Sam and Steve Rogers, Sam Wilson and Steve Rogers. When you, Steve always treated Sam like an equal. 
Even when Sam had a chip on his shoulder, Steve always he he always held him up. And he also Sam also wound up being Steve's moral compass in many ways. And he he enabled Steve to see things from another side instead of what he was used to. And and he enabled to broaden his horizons. And I think that's really their friendship was more like a brotherhood. Absolutely. And because I mean, of soldiers. They were they were closer to brothers than they were just friends. Right. I mean, one and, of my favorite parts in um what was it, the uh the Winter Soldier. And when when Steve tell was going to look for Bucky and and he says, You don't have to participate in this, and Sam goes, I know. When do we start? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. See, you went all deep and philosophical. My favorite part is when he's running through uh, Washington, D.C., and he's like, on the left. On your left. And two minutes later, on your left. And like another minute, on oh, your yeah. left. And funny, he's like, really? <laughs> and, well, how, and how ironic in Avengers Endgame, when they all came back, Cap, yeah. Cap, on your left. Yep. And then there, and there he was. And, and it's like, it's, well, even when, Steve was going through his big adjustment. Sam made it easy for him mm-hmm. because being that they had Sam as a veteran, I think, I, I think Scott, I'm, I'm sorry, Man Man and I can speak on this. There is a certain unspoken camaraderie that veterans have that no matter what your political persuasion, no matter what your background, no matter what, there is something there that you feel that brotherhood. Absolutely. And and it's something that I loved, I, I got a kick out of because I actually got to see that in in the Captain America films and the filtering over into the Avengers and seeing, um, seeing the Falcon being um, immortalized on screen, but actually maintaining the greatness of his character. Well, like we were speaking earlier about how um, uh, Batman or Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson, they um, complement each other. Right. You know, I'm not trying to like compare Falcon to other sidekicks or anything like that, but it's not really a sidekick. It's, no. it's a team. Right. It's, you know, and that's the camaraderie of a team that we experienced in the military. Exactly. And so, exactly. Uh, and so I think that even, even though uh, it, it's got to be frustrating at the gym, when you're guy, you have you're working out with a guy who has super soldier serum. You're trying to spot this guy, right? You know, I mean, it's it, it can be frustrating if you're a normal man, right. but at the same time, <laughs> you're you're on the you're on the you're on the same team. You're on the right. same team, and, and and you know that this is my brother, absolutely. And and like you know, despite the fact of that super serum, you knew Sam was in, yeah. no matter what. Just like when he said, "I know when do we start." Yeah. So I know. I know Olivia has another one because she looked in her notes. Um, I, one honorable mention I'm going to give, and then I'm going to let you um, okay. close us out. Um, Miracle Man. That's a good one. Um, for you guys who don't know, uh, Miracle Man was basically the UK version of Superman. It was Captain Marvel over there. Um, long, rich history with that, um, including um, some lawsuits between Neil Gaiman and Todd McFarlane over the ownership of it, which ended up being a Marvel Comics. And Miracle Man has got a really kind of deep history. We should actually do a, um, a show just on Miracle Man because that is a very in-depth character. Who is your um, underappreciated over here? 
So I, I had a couple, and this was kind of moving into the future of what they're doing with some of these characters. But DC's Black Label, one of the things they're doing well is they're bringing back characters like Vic Sage, The Question, and they're bringing these new stories. I mean, this was a four-issue miniseries. It was pretty um, basic, but it's such a good storyline that they're doing with an unappreciated character. Hmm. There's a book coming out in November that's going to be another, I think, Four or 12 issues, I'm sorry, five issues called The Other History of the DC Universe. And it kind of backtracks about all the major things that have happened in the DC Universe. But it's from the points of view of Renee Montoya, Jefferson Pierce, um, Karen Beecher, Bumblebee, Katana. Kind of the characters that you see, you know them, you recognize them, but they're not every, um, or they're They're, not featured as much. They're not the front runners. They're C-listers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but that's going to be good, especially the one told from Renee Montoya's yeah. viewpoint. Absolutely. That's going to yeah. be great. No, it's it's going to be really good. Um, it comes out November twenty fourth. Mm. Thanksgiving time, <laughs> and that'll be some. And, and like you said, that'll be some underappreciated characters mm-hmm. who are actually very pivotal in the DC universe. We just don't see enough of. No. Yeah. I still want a Renee Montoya question series. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So that's long overdue. Right? Well, and she is featured as Renee Montoya, the question in what they're going to do in the other history of the DC universe. And I don't know much more about it other than just the synopsis and everything that I've read, but it looks really good. And I like the fact that they're bringing in more points of view from these underrated characters. So that Dick Sage question, is that series done? Or was it that... ended, it did end. It ended last week, a oh, I, weeks d- ago? I didn't know that that actually had come out. I totally missed that mm-hmm. one. Tommy, I know you were looking forward to that too. Did you even get any of them? I got the, picked up the first one, but I, I missed the, the one. So I, I need to, probably when it comes out and trade paperback. I, I might need to pick that up also. All right. We have plenty. So um, we started a little late, but that's fine because we made up our full hour here. Um, just want to remind everybody that Mad Men does Shock Monkey Radio every Thursday. You're still uh, on Thursday. No, or did you we move? just moved um, to Tuesdays. But, I mean, if you um, – uh, it probably doesn't matter to you because you probably don't listen live. I understand. You know, you need to listen to your podcast on your own time. So wherever you get your podcasts, <laughs> go ahead and subscribe to Shock Monkey Radio. And uh, leave a review, comment, well, give me some well, stars. Well, did you notice I even caught that you put up your notes on it earlier? I said, well, wait a minute. He may have yep. moved back to Tuesday. I did move back to Tuesday. Thank, good good job catching it. You have a high perception <laughs> rating. <laughs> Shock Monkey Radio, Tuesdays from 6 to 7 on FXBG Public Radio. We have facebook.com slash lost in a long box. Um, send us an email at lost in a long box at gmail.com because I'm lonely. And then patreon.com slash FXBG Public Radio. Our affiliate is Facebook groups, Batman Yesterday, Today, and Forever, Realm of Superheroes, Comics, and Pop Culture, and gather together the greatest superhero teams. And if you are in the Fredericksburg, Virginia, Stafford, Spotsylvania area, and you're looking for comics, there's no better place to go than our sponsors, Gateway Comics and Toys, and the Sister Store. Um, that's right. Point at Olivia, because right here. Yep. She, talk to her. She's tell, a comics dealer. Talk to her. Yep. Tell her we sent you. She's the hookup, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Until next week, uh, everybody, be safe. Talk to you later. Have a good Bye, night, everyone. folks. Bye. Good night. <laughs>